What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Diving Deeper Podcast. I'm your host, Osama Ahmed, and today I have a special treat for you guys. I'm excited to introduce to you a close friend of mine. He's a fellow Fordham Ram, a soon-to-be master economist, and the co-host of the Hour Two Cents Podcast. Please welcome to the show, Admir Milla. Yo, I'm nervous right now. I don't know what it is. I've been doing podcasts for two years, uh, and I'm nervous as hell right now. How's everyone doing? How's everyone doing? Good, 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 good. Like, first of all, I just want to thank you for coming on. Uh, Obviously, we're in this quarantine period right now, so I know you don't have anything better to do, but it's still, it's still, I'm still very grateful to have you on. Yeah, to move, had to move a lot of things off the calendar. (laughs) The shower went from, yeah, the shower had to happen a little earlier today than expected. Oh, I'm, I'm. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. That's what I'm here but like, for, man. Like I said earlier, Admir is one of my close friends. We have act- we actually met, I believe, in our third year of high school. Yeah. Some yeah. might call it the junior year. Mm. Um, mm. So right off the bat, we started talking about a lot of stuff, about life in general. And one of the things I appreciate the most about you is that at any moment, we can just break out into a pseudo-philosophical discussion about life. And that's why I thought it would be great to have you on the show today. Just to talk a little bit about not just your philosophies on life, but also a little bit more about what you do right now. And I mentioned a little bit briefly before, mm-hmm. but you are the co-host of the Hour Two Cents podcast. Do you mind letting us know a little bit about what that is? Yeah, yeah. So just to back it up, we met back in high school and you're absolutely correct. We do go off on our pseudo philosophy tangent tangents and other people hate us for that. So we make <laughs> for a terrible combination at parties. But, um, yeah, we make for good one-on-one conversations. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, as for the podcast, about – it's almost two years now. Almost two, two, two years and a month ago, uh, me Congrats. and another uh, – yeah, thank you. Me and another close friend of mine, uh, his name's Chris. I've known him for roughly, let's see now, 2001, so 19 years ago now wow. I've known him. Yeah, he was very young. I was very young when we met. Uh, sort of, you know, immigrant story. You bump into other immigrants, and then you become best friends. Kind of like us, uh, except mm-hmm. with him, it was a little bit earlier. Uh, so anyway, you know, we had a relationship. We had fostered it for a long time. And as, as most kids spend their days watching TV and, and, and shows and such like that, we had sort of developed over the years a similar uh sort of dialogue or had had dialogues over the years about tv and things like that and um so two two years and a month ago i was unemployed when i'd come out of college and i was just pursuing yes shocker right uh (laughs) and i was i was pursuing my master's uh, as you mentioned at the top in, in in econ um but i had some sort of free time on the side and I thought, you know what, this is a perfect time to put my energies into something that's not going to pay me. So let's start a podcast. <laughs> and so I, I sat down with him and I said, you know what, you know, we, we chit chat a lot about film and, and things that we watch. Let's just do it in a more cohesive and organized way and actually have something down. And the original motivation was never to have it blow up. It hasn't. I don't expect it to. <laughs> uh, the original motivation was, and I think we discussed this last time, was just to have sort of mm-hmm. a, a storage of ideas ideas that I once had uh, that I could look back on many, many years later. Uh, that's just art in general. I feel you know, podcasting is a, a, a small space in, in the art space. Um, so when you create something, you're putting who you are in that moment into that thing that you're creating. And, you know, the next day you're never going to be that person. So it's always funny um, having strong opinions about films. And I think everybody is good at that. 
right? No matter no matter sort of yeah, your background, yeah. anything like that. Yeah, everybody has a strong <laughs> no, endless arguments. Yeah, endless, endless. So it's it's just from a almost selfish perspective. It was something that I wanted to put put away that I could go back to years later and say, oh, you know, what did I think about Game of Thrones season eight? And and you know, hmm, I wonder what you thought. About yeah, it. and you know, <laughs> just listen to it, and and not just the, you know, a lot of the times you'll have the same feeling about something, right? And what's what's interesting mm-hmm. about art is you can't be general when you create it. Like I think really really good yeah. creations, you can't just say, oh, it was good, oh, it was bad. So mm-hmm. in the moments when when we podcast, a lot of energy and a lot of emotion and a lot of insight comes out, and you can't recreate that lightning in a bottle moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's there, it's always there. So that was a primary motivation and, and really that's sort of what's been driving it for two years or so. I absolutely love having it with a buddy of mine who I've known for a long time. Conversations flow like this one's flowing very easily. Um, so it never feels like work. It just feels mm-hmm. like, oh, we're getting together and we're chatting about, you know, the, the movie of the week we decided to both watch. Yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned earlier that it's sort of a way for you to just document your life essentially. And the, th- the conversations that you have with one of your best friends, because for me personally, this podcast started as me wanting to document some of my thoughts. And I actually have like an ongoing note on my phone where I just put together all the thoughts I have randomly. Cause I, for some reason, part of me feels that I'm one day going to want to look back at this thought and see if it's evolved over time see if my opinion on this specific topic has evolved over time. And you just mentioned when you watch a movie, that's something so personal to you, uh, so personal to the time in your life that you're in, that whatever thought or opinion you're having on this movie might eventually change. And even documenting that process, I hadn't never thought about it before until you just mentioned it. But Mm -hmm. just seeing that process evolve over time is kind of interesting and gives you a clue and insight into who you were at that time period. So the fact that you have a library now of all of this, is amazing. I mean, obviously, you're doing something. It's great. You had me on the show once, and it was awesome. It was really fun. So yeah. for anybody who's listening to this, like, please feel free to go over there, head over there. It's on Spotify, iTunes, every streaming platform, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Head over there and listen to it, because it is a great listen. You guys do have a good analysis on the movies that you watch. You guys have great banter between you guys. And mm-hmm. so I imagine growing up with this now being a little bit over two years, you now have a library of yourself essentially over the two years. And just seeing that through the scope of film is kind of unique and something that I hadn't even thought about before. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You know, I I never considered myself the creative type. I never considered myself the type to put together, you know, uh, media or entertainment or anything like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's sort of, I always, you know, I did really well in school when it came to putting together essays and and, and things like that. Uh, And that was really where I think the playground was for me, um, where I was allowed Mm -hmm. to sort of share my thoughts and things like that. And there was a gap actually I had to overcome in thinking that being creative doesn't mean, you know, you have to love every art form and you need to be able to draw and things like that. Uh, yeah. so it's a weird gap. And that gap <laughs> was overcome very late in my life. It was when I was 23 and I was like, Oh, you know, I am, I'm completely not regarding something because of how I'm mm-hmm. defining it. Uh, and I'm defining it wrong. So well, I think you brought up two great points there. Like number yeah. one, the fact that we as a society just label people as either creative or analytical from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So like our education system from scratch, like you just mentioned, you're good at writing essays and, and taking tests, but you'd never really consider yourself as a creative person right. because we tell people you're either left-brained or right-brained, you know, like you're either analytical or creative. Mm-hmm. And growing up there, it well, at least what it sounds like, and from my perspective as well, 
there's kind of this void in yourself, an outlet for you to just express yourself that you don't necessarily feel like you have the ability to do because you might not call yourself a creative person. And so growing up, I think that kind of begs the question of, is it, I mean, obviously it's not, you know, smart that we put people into these labels, Mm -hmm. but how do you foster that situation from childhood until now? How do you tell yourself, you know, there isn't such thing as a creative person or a non-creative person. And how do you find ways to express yourself through that outlet? How, how did, how did you come to figure out that this is what you needed to do to express your feelings? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. I think, uh, I think to have the space to be creative, uh, it requires a little bit of, I don't want to use the word privilege, but it requires a little bit of your own space and requires a little bit of your own Mm. sort of environment where you can go in and be yourself and and fail, basically, right? Um, Mm. And not everybody has that. Not everybody has a space where they can go and they can fail in multiple ways, you know, in different ways in life. Um, You know, if you look at our friend group, we come from a friend group that's we've had very similar upbringings and we we've we followed similar paths even though we've ended up in different careers i think the paths that we've all taken for the most part are quite similar mm-hmm. in the sense that we haven't really branched out you know our friend group our close friend group consists of a good six or seven people no one's a musician right <laughs> no one's a no no one's an artist right like a pure mm-hmm. artist where they wake up every day and their their job quote unquote is to create art right like it's mm-hmm. it's side projects for the most of us um because of sort of the environment and what that environment allows you to do sort of on your daily basis I think dictates a lot of you know the feedback that you get of what's possible right if if, yeah. if you can't see what's possible uh, around you, you know, in your home, in your friend group, at school, uh, that's pretty much your first 18 years of life, right? So if you mm-hmm. can't, if you can't find that space there, it's very easy to put it, put it away and, and never think about it. And that's exactly it, right? Like yeah. you have so many influences around you that determine that space for you. Like obviously a huge one is your parents mm-hmm. and growing mm-hmm. up. Um, we both have immigrant parents. You're from Albania. I'm from Egypt. Yeah. And our parents didn't necessarily value creativity as much as we have grown up in our generation to value it. So, and it's not to their fault inherently. Uh, it's just the way they've seen life growing up. Yeah, They yeah. never really wanted to foster an environment where, uh, you know, you're pushing your kid to be creative. I, I like sometimes scroll down TikTok nowadays every morning and I see all these kids yeah. creating amazing <laughs> content, right? And my, <laughs> yeah. my first instinct is to think, like, holy shit, man. Like, I'm so jealous that this kid, this yeah. 10, 12-year-old kid is producing, like, legit films right now on their phone. Yeah. And I never had the chance to do this. Like, aside from the, like, the technological barriers, like, I never felt motivated to do this because I always felt like it was something that I could do on the side as a hobby whenever I felt like it. Right, right. But my main goal in life was to succeed in every traditional manner. And so mm-hmm. growing up, well well, now I see like that these kids have like this strong backing from their family and I love that as a society we've come to terms with the fact that creativity is something that should be valued just as much if not more than traditional forms of academics and so people are pushing their kids now to pursue their creative hobbies and and choose any outlet they want to do so but I remember growing up I wanted to go to LaGuardia High School in New York which is popular for its arts program and I got accepted and Growing up, my, my my parents didn't want me to go because they felt like going there to be an artist. I actually originally wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, they just said, "Okay, that's like that's a like a 
a failing experience from the get-go why would you start that like they want the best thing for me so they want to broaden my options in life and wanted me to go to school and that's why i eventually went to business school and that's a long story short of how i got here but <laughs> like <Right>. very short <laughs> it's it's <laughs> that's a, yeah so like the 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 it's just thinking back now, I have so many regrets about not pursuing any of my creative passions because I see like just one example, if I went to LaGuardia at that time, I yep. would have been in the same class as um, Ansel Elgort and Timothée Chalamet. Like mm -hmm. they were born our year, they graduated, they're doing amazing things. But I'm sure I would have also been in the same class as someone who's now, you know, working at a diner. Right. And it's like, it, I'm, I'm not like putting one down or the other it is a risky thing but to me the question is is the risk always worth it if you're very passionate about something and the difficult thing is in a society that we live in mm -hmm. as a as a 13 14 year old how would i know that i'm so passionate about it that i'm going to stick with it for the rest of my life like you can't know that and so we end up like me and you now 24 25 mm -hmm. um, pursuing these creative passions of ours in the time that in the very little time that we have outside of our day-to-day -day life so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what your opinion is, but I kind of feel like I'm struggling with that dilemma a little bit of, of wanting to pursue more of my creativity, but kind of being stuck in the situation that I'm in. Yeah, you know, I, if you put me in my parents shoes, I would have done the exact same thing, like to mm -hmm. my kid. Uh, and at the end of the day, um, like, I know we want to romanticize relationships. I know we want to romanticize life a little bit. I'm, I'm sometimes cold in my approach to things. Uh, being a parent is a lot about what I see is about risk mitigation. Like, mm. what can I do for my kid to, you know, nullify the chance of X happening, right? X being mm -hmm. failure, you know, uh, health issues, whatever that may be. Um, Conversely, you know, if you're a positive person and not like a pessimist at heart like I am, you can say, what can I do for my kids so they have a better life? That's the other version of that story. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> That's the other version of that story. Yeah. But I feel like with the conversation we're having now, you see it in the other direction because uh, it's it's the risk mitigation of if you pursue art, I think the chances of success you know, and then you want to define success. That's a whole other thing. But the chances mm -hmm. of you living comfortably, you know, and to have means to live comfortably, to do it through art is, it's just, it's difficult. It's very difficult. I think, mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned acting. I think actors or, you know, the acting, I don't call it industry or whatever, has a highest unemployment rate. Right. It's, 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 oh, I'm sure. it's, yeah. it's gigantic, right. Because of just the, the limited amount of opportunities, will that change in the future? You know, who knows, but as of right now, right. There was no safety net for us. There's no safety mm -hmm. net. Right. So when there's no safety net, the ability to pursue things that are riskier become less sort of less favorable. Right. Yeah. Especially, and you, you mentioned it when you're 13 and 14, you're not going to make that decision. Right. Your parents are basically going to make that decision for you. And if, you know, they choose something and you end up failing, there's the double, you know, the double negative of and it's not a positive, but it's, it's just two double negatives where you may end up resenting them because you say, hey, you know, you're supposed to be the mature one here. What the hell did you do yeah. letting me go and, and play the cello my whole life? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and, and the other thing is you just may not be fulfilled with your life because your means are aren't what you wish them to be right mm -hmm. so and, and that's just sort of the society that we've we've lived in right that you need to reach yeah. a certain degree of of income to live within your means and the way to do that really through art is very difficult um mm -hmm. so so that's at the top for sure 
and then sort of balancing it, which is, is I think, the second point you, you were making. I think you have been one of the better people at doing that throughout my life. Like people that I've oh, met, thank you. people that, that I've, yeah, absolutely, that I've talked to. You know, um, it's easy to sit there and find comedic tragedy in your life or tragic comedy. That's the right way to say it. Mm -hmm. Tragic comedy. In your life. Either or. Either <laughs> or. Yeah. Happy at the Either same or. Time. Yeah. I don't know. One of them's correct for sure. There's somebody out there that <laughs> could probably tell you which one's correct, but uh, yeah, there's tragic comedy in your life. Right. And I think there's a lot of it in, if you look hard enough, people will find it in their lives. I think mm -hmm. a lot of us feel safer to just accept that and say, isn't it funny how, you know, we're 25 and now we're finally finding our footing with a paintbrush or whatever, right? And you got kids that are seven, eight, blowing you out the water on TikTok or on Instagram yeah. or whatever, right? Like it's it's yeah. hilarious. It's 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 just you're a grown adult at this point. You've mm -hmm. had the experience of of a, of you know a quarter of a life, let's say, and you know a seven, eight year old is is doing more than you. But you know that balance is extremely difficult because of mm -hmm. I guess the you know how much you have in you to give on a daily basis. And that's something that I think you can practice. And, and if you give more and more each day, it becomes easier, you know, because mm -hmm. we go from work, you have relationships, you're trying to go to the gym, you have a family, right? And you're trying to give to all of those a good amount. And then on top of all that, you want to throw in artistic endeavors. And really, the sad part is that that usually comes you? at the end. That comes yeah. at the end. So that's getting, you know, the bottom layer of gas, which is the shittiest, you know, <laughs> layer of gas that's left <laughs> in you. And that's what's coming out to produce art. And so, you know, I think it's almost, uh, and there's, yeah, there's a tragic comedy in that, that you're most likely to fail because the, the input you're putting in isn't the cream of the crop. Right. Isn't the mm -hmm. best that you can do. And, and you have to I've, I've accepted that, that, that that's just what it is. My hope is, is that I can just create a bigger sort of tank for myself or, you know, there's more fuel available throughout the day so that I'm not on, you know, on my last reserves when I'm sitting down to record with people like yeah. I, I'm sure this podcast is sounding a lot livelier than some podcasts where I was coming from work <laughs> and I'm going to record, you know, whatever the hell that M. Night Shyamalan movie was. <laughs> the, like glass like i had a fever that day i went to I the theater it. it was nine it. yeah it was terrible it was 9 p.m I, I went over in chris's place and we're recording i'm dying like i'm dying on the spot i don't know how i recorded it but and then you finish it and you're like yeah, i'm happy i finished it but no way in hell is that gonna get traction yeah so it's it's a balance of you know also quality and quantity and, and well that like that's a that's a really good point because i struggle with that every single day so mm -hmm. I know like our situations are a little bit different, but for me specifically, I'm someone who ever since I was a kid, I, I kind of, I know you mentioned like for you, you didn't really see yourself as a creative person growing mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. When I, when I was growing up, I actually did see myself as a creative person first and foremost, yeah. but at the same time, I always did well in school because I, I just had that curious nature in me, which I think helped me become like, helped me do well in terms of creativity, but as well as like traditional academics. And I'm, and I'm very fortunate to be that way. Mm -hmm. like and I can understand that now but growing up I felt like I've there's always like there's something I'm meant to do and I am meant to like influence people on a larger scale through my creativity and I don't know how it's going to happen and I've been on this over a decade long quest to figure out how that's going to happen um 
and I don't expect myself to find out anytime soon, but I just know there's something deep down inside me that I know that, that that's what I have to do. And yeah. so because of that, and and I've talked about this a couple of times before on, on this podcast, but it's like, I am extremely dissatisfied with anything else that I do in life because I don't see that um, ulterior end goal at the end of it. I don't find myself in my, you know, regular 40 hour week job or with my personal relationships in life or whatever, I don't see the end goal where I am able to accomplish that, where I'm ultimately able to influence others, um, whether it's like, you know, through deep emotion or whether Mm -hmm. it's just helping people see something differently, able to influence others through my work. And that's ultimately what I want to end up doing. And not seeing that down the road as clearly like does create this pent up anxiety inside you that ultimately affects your creativity because you need to be in a in a good open happy mindset to produce good work because it comes from the heart and when your heart is innately just imprisoned from this other situation around you it feels like you're kind of capped out in terms of your creativity and curiosity and so part of me has thought hey all my life maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way where like currently I'm doing what I need to do in in life in terms of progressing traditionally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then pursuing my creative passions aside from that. But something you just mentioned right now in terms of how much effort you can put into that being the last thing that you tick off uh, on your list, Mm -hmm. that has always stuck with me for the past couple of years now to the point where I'm thinking that, you know, maybe I will never be able to pursue this fully until I 100% invest in that. And that's something that like you also mentioned earlier is something that is inherently easy to do when you're in a privileged situation where you can afford to do that, where you, like you said, mitigate the risk. Mm -hmm. And for me, the one thing I've always looked at everybody who's been successful, not in terms of like traditional success and like making money Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. having a lot of followers, that's not really what I care about, but successful in their ability to influence others on a positive scale. Those people have been people who were just, adamant that they were going to do what they were doing no matter what and never give up on that goal and continue to pursue it no matter what adversity they've they've faced until they've reached their end goal in sight and so a lot of me thinks that that's what i need to do to ultimately find that self-satisfaction to find that happiness in what i'm doing otherwise i'll always just think what if what if and regret the steps i've i've taken along the way so i wanted to ask you like do you think that it's possible to juggle the two and then ultimately if you are only passionate in the creative work that you're doing somehow still find success in that or do you think that in order to to find success you need to fully commit to something and kind of see that risk head on and just take it yeah um yeah, that's a tough question it's a very tough question and yeah i know i i, I and i don't expect you to have an answer because i've I haven't answered this question. No, for I cracked years it. Now. I cracked it for you, man. By the <laughs> oh, end of oh, this, you. I'm so glad I had you on the show. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's it's an extremely difficult question because, uh, you know, everything we said up to this point will probably, I mean, should tell you that I'm not a romantic. So I'm not mm. going to sit here and pretend like, you know, if I dropped everything and if I focused on podcasting, let's say 100, percent and I love film mm. and all that. That means I'm going to be successful. I truly, in my heart, I don't necessarily know if I believe that, right? Because mm-hmm. there, there, there is a degree of grinding that you need to do even in your passion. And I think it, it's so easy to forget that 
when the grind is not for the passion, it's for other things, and you think that it's exclusive mm-hmm. to that field, like our jobs, let's say, right? You know, if, if like, for example, it's, it's very easy for me to fantasize, oh, yeah, one of my episodes goes off. And mm-hmm. then I just keep making one episode a week for the rest of my life. No, it's not going to happen. Like if, <laughs> if, if you become successful in your art, that is then going to consume more of your time. And then ultimately yeah. the passion that you had that you did, you know, less frequently that, you know, there was a diminishing uh, mm-hmm. return situation. Now it's going to become the main priority in your life. And so That's right. you're That's still right. going to then need a balance this idea of I have to, I have to do this, right? Even when I'm not in the mood. Job. Yeah, mm-hmm. now it's your job, right? So even if, you know, you somehow get to a point where you become successful, I think understanding that what's a job and what's a hobby um, and and where the two mix a little bit, you need to be clear with that with yourself, which is why I think I'm okay with the situation I'm in personally. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's just what I'm doing. I think what, what I'm doing and what fulfills me at this point is different to you, so I can't speak to your situation, but, but just yeah. to my situation, um, you know, I never intended for for my opinions and thoughts uh, when we started doing the podcast to be like, oh, you know, I hope that, you know, I give my opinions and then people hear this and they become enlightened with their lives and they go on to do other things. Like it was never about that for me. So mm-hmm. I have never sought that reaction from others because of my creation. Right. So the creation, the the basically the the motivation and the end product begins and ends with me. Um, mm-hmm. if the end products is satisfactory to me, uh, then great. Then I'm really happy with it. And if nobody listens to it, you know, to that one episode, that's perfectly fine. Like that's perfectly yeah. fine with me. I'm able to accept that a hundred percent. Right. As opposed to sort of me sitting there and saying, you know, this is the best work we put out and nobody's still reacting to it because then that, that gives a little bit of, uh, I think that negative feedback will seep into the work and make it difficult to churn out, mm-hmm. uh, other projects and stuff like that. So, uh, th- that, that's how I sit. That's how I sit with that. It, it's never for me. It's never been about getting that reaction from other people. Uh, if it comes, it's the cherry on top of the cake. It really is for mm-hmm. me. My my goal is to is to become the be, create the best version of a thing, and I'm my own harshest critic. So I know when I'll achieve that. You know, I'm not there yet, uh, and that's sort of for me the joy is in it of itself. Just that is, if you know one day comes and I stop podcasting, I'll say that last episode that we did is the best version of that. You know, of of that yeah. podcast that I could have done. Right. And I'm happy with that because I started something that I had no idea how to do. I perfected it over years and then finally came to this point where it was the best thing that I think. Right. If other people find that that's wonderful as well, that's that'd be amazing. You know, that would be amazing. Mm. But and I, but I will say, though, I really do believe that that's when you create your best work is when it comes from from you and sort of is this the best version of a thing do i think it's the best version of a thing in a way it's the same thing i think with how i believe we should build our relationships you know growing up you used to hear a lot about this is such a tangent but you know what I, i'm i'm feeling it right oh, now oh that's what we do here that's all we do here <laughs> Stop feeling it. it it was like you know i want to i want to attract like a good boyfriend or a good girlfriend right or a good partner mm-hmm. So what am I going to do? I'm going to do things that will attract those people. I was never with that philosophy. I was never with that idea. My idea yeah. was always, if I make the best version of myself, right? If if mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm the best that I can be, there is no way other people aren't going to be like, yo, 
that's a that's a half decent person. I'm going to try to be around yeah. them. Yeah. Right. And I really love that you mentioned that because. And sorry to interrupt. No, no, here, go for just it. Like, that's that's exactly why I wanted to have you on here because I think that's a really insightful perspective and just the whole concept of owning the entire cycle of that creativity and, mm-hmm. and having yourself be the metric that you're seeking to find, like being able to to know that you're happy with what you've created is enough for you to be satisfied with the work that you just performed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's really smart and how I've kind of tried to look at this podcast and other work that I've that I'm doing currently. And I think it's really important because a lot of people out there maybe listening to this or not listening to this, a lot of people nowadays um, see those TikTokers, those YouTubers, Instagrammers, and they want the fame and success that they see out there. And similar to your analogy, will change how they are in order to Mm -hmm. attract that kind of audience. And you see those people might instantly reach fame, like within one uh, piece of content, but then right away they have, they struggle to sustain that that audience and sustain that level of work because it's not who they are and they're trying to be someone different and ultimately they end up hating what they're doing and then stopping that and then when they once they revert to who they are and making content that's true to themselves they struggle because they lose a lot of that audience that they found for the work that they were originally doing and so that's why like i think a huge and a really important note because i think a lot of our generation and future generations are going to focus on creating and entertaining because I I do see that that's the future of entertainment in general, where everybody has that in the palm of their hands. They are going to struggle with figuring out how to uh, reach the success that they've put out in their head. And it's really important to understand, like you mentioned, if you just stay true to yourself, you'll attract the people who like you. Yeah. If I, if, if I put out, uh, like a podcast like this that I feel was genuinely easy to record. Mm -hmm. I'm having a good time chatting about things that genuinely circulate in my head and people start listening to it and they like it. Now I've created a community of people who um, want the same things that I am trying to create. And so there's this endless loop that's easy to fulfill. But if I put something out there that isn't me, I'm ultimately attracting numbers. Yes. But those numbers are behind people who don't like me but like the content that i specifically put out and will Mm -hmm. only follow that type of content and so it'll never bring me happiness and it won't bring them happiness so it's kind of like a toxic loop as opposed to a positive and complete loop like you mentioned earlier so i think that's a really really great point yeah and at the end of the day it's it's you know it's easier for the creator Right. I, I, I think mm-hmm. that the difficulty is in the beginning when you're being authentic. The difficulty is understanding what makes you authentic because, you know, it, that's difficult to come to. Right. To understand the core of who you are and what you believe in and, and, and understand how you speak and, and things like that. It doesn't come easy. It's not mm-hmm. something that you, you can write off the top of your head. It requires a lot of exercise in delivering an opinion. Right. And, and being aware of what you're saying. So that that's difficult to begin with. The other thing is, if you can solidify that and if you can crystallize it and, and you know, almost write it out mm-hmm. and you build art based on that, you can make endless pieces of art because you're in tune with yourself. It's you. Right. Yeah. It's, it's you as opposed to you look at what's trending, you build something with that trend it goes off, let's say, you know, first time, second time, try. Mm-hmm. You then need to continually look for the trend to build, right? You, you're, yeah. you're almost reacting as opposed to being a proactive artist, right? Exactly. And that's yeah. how I think of it. And if you're a proactive artist and, and you make it 
that's fantastic because it's the easiest thing in the world at that point because you're not you're just you right and and that's that's that sort of you know mushy cheesy shit i used to hear and i'm like i don't know what the hell they're talking about be you what the hell is that shit yeah (laughs) be me be nobody gives a shit like 15 people maybe but that's it but i think the, the genuine like there's artists out there for sure that are themselves and got successful Right. And continue to be themselves as they're successful. And you can almost tell because of how easy the art comes to them. Right. And there's others who got in because they knew somebody in X, Y, and Z. And you can tell those people as well. They have the one off, you know, success story. And then it's very difficult for them to regain that fame. Right. We have the term one hit wonder for a reason. Mm-hmm. Right. It's because typically it means, you know, that, that product you probably created that everybody loves so much, maybe didn't come from you. It came from different sources and a piece of you, but not, mm-hmm. it wasn't truly authentically you. So uh, at the end of the day, I think that's why you have to carry with that with that motivation, you know, create from you so that it's easier to do in the future. Like I can't. I can't be a different funny. Like I, this is just the way I talk. Like I can't, I can't sit here and, and talk intellectually. And it's funny because the, the motivation that got me into starting the podcast, I, I, I used to sit unemployed at home on YouTube and just watch video essays of film, just video essay after video essay. And I'm like, yeah. holy shit, man. Like there's actually things you can talk about other than, yeah, I was good. Like that didn't know that. Right. <laughs> and so having that, I was like, you know what? Okay. I need to do more of this. I need to like consume more of this sort of media. But when it came time to create my own thing, there was a moment when I was like, what the hell am I going to create? Right. Yeah. Am I going to create that, that got me into this? I couldn't, right. I'm not that insightful. I don't have the background. These people have, I can't speak the way they do. I don't have the skills that they necessarily have. So for me to try to recreate a, a really shitty copy and wouldn't have gotten me anywhere. I mean, my our authentic self hasn't gotten me anywhere either, but at least that's <laughs> easier to fail with. I yeah, didn't have yeah. to, I didn't have to, you know, put hours and hours in, into creating a fake persona. That's just me. You right? land exactly where you are now. Yeah. Like it creates, it causes a lot less effort to be yourself. Yeah. So if you're going to put in a lot of effort, let's not fail while you're at it, you know? Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. So, uh, you know, people, I think, I'm, look, I'm not going to give advice on how to be successful with art. I'm not going to even try. But I just, logically, that's how I see it in my head, right? And it's it's mm-hmm. funny because, you know, we went to liberal arts school and I, I took some really weird classes back in college, even high school. And you learn about all these artists who only became big after their death, for example, which is terribly, terribly sad. Um, yeah. But it speaks to the fact that they created art outside of success and then many many years later on a different perspective somebody thought okay no there's actually value here to this person's creation you know maybe do you want that or do you want the maybe you sold out and you live in it nice and easy during your regular life i don't know i don't know which is more romantic i don't know what people prefer but (laughs) that that's a that's a that's a really extreme example but it gets to the point of no it makes sense sticking to what you know and what you can do because at the end of the day, only you can tell that story. Only you can speak the way you speak. And only, really, you can say what, you know, you have to say. Nobody else can do it. And that's your that's your biggest weapon at the end of the day. You can't, like, I can't recreate you, Osama. <laughs> like, I can't do it. There's... I don't know, man. Westworld <laughs> tells me it's only 3,000 lines of code. You're right. 
Westworld and Black Mirror are doing a good job of breaking that statement, but no, sir, like it, it would take an extreme amount of effort to recreate your thoughts and ideas and things like that. So yeah. if you have it, use it because nobody else can create it. So oh, what a what a wholesome note. To yeah, end what that the hell am I ending on? Some cheery ass <laughs> Mister Rogers shit. This is but. not. Yeah, huge butt. But I, <laughs> I know. I know. We've been having a discussion for quite a while now, and I do yeah. value your time. But I, sure. before we uh, close this one out, I did have a little uh, game for you to play mm. if you're game. I uh, am you game. might be familiar with this one mm. because I've popped it on you a couple of times before. Okay. Even on your show. Okay. Quick plug for okay. our Two Cents podcast yes. again if anybody yes. wants to Spell it out on Spotify. We, we <laughs> don't have the two number. You got to yes, spell yes. the T-W-O. <laughs> O-U-R-T-W-O-C-E-N-T-S. Podcast. podcast yes 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 cool so this game is called hot fire okay and it's very simple the rules are i'm gonna ask you a bunch of rapid fire questions okay. both ones that i've used in the past on this show to talk a little bit more about your thoughts personally in life and then some a little bit more specific to you mm. and the conversation that we've had today okay your job is to answer this question each of these questions within three seconds um, okay. You just have to begin the answer within three seconds. You don't have to complete it by then. Okay. But any longer than three seconds, and I don't know what the punishment is because we're in quarantine right now. But if we were together, there would be some sort of severe I mean, punishment. There'd be some this. spanking for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'm going to have to uh, keep this G rated for okay. this podcast. Yes, sir. You know, we already don't have an audience as it is. Yes, sir. All right. Are you game? I'm game. I'm very game for this game. All Let's right. Do it. Cool. Cue the music. Question number one. What is your biggest fear or regret? Uh, dying alone. Wow. Nature or nurture and why? Oh, it's both. I've studied that too many times in psych to choose one. So it's both. <laughs> what do you hope people remember you for? Uh, my, my uniqueness. What has been your proudest moment to date? Proudest moment? Shit. Oh, the relationships I've built. Mm. Least proud moment? Oh, least proud moment. Oh, in the fourth grade. I didn't bring tests home once. I stashed them in my desk. Terrible Christmas that year. <laughs> Horrible kid. Horrible Christmas. If one actor could star as you in your biopic, who would it Tom be? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Mm. And your favorite movie of all time? Oh, that's Dark Knight. So generic. I hate myself for it. <laughs> Dark if you had to analyze and discuss one movie on your show for the rest of your life, would it be Suicide Squad or Cats the movie? Suicide Squad. <laughs> Cats. Okay. If you could only either watch movies or listen to music for the rest of your life, which would you choose? Ah, uh, yeah, I hate you for that. That's kind of not fair, but I have to go movies. <laughs> movies have music, so technically, I get both. Yeah, you get the soundtrack. So. Yes, I do get the soundtrack. If you were to shoot a film tomorrow, pitch me the idea right now. Oh, pitch me the idea right now. Oh, I actually know it. Uh, uh, a, a family gets into a car to go on the day of graduation for the son who hasn't decided on his future, and it's very tense in the car. Ooh, okay, I love that. Yeah, That's a nice yeah, little short. Yeah. What have you learned about yourself the past couple of years doing the show? Uh, doing, oh, my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a, a weird way of looking at things, and I'm, I'm proud of that. Great. I love that. You've successfully completed 
Hot fire. Oh, right. Oh, right. Well, that's that's cool. De- definitely some generic shit in there. Definitely. I mean, we're going to have we're going to have to get you back on the show to explain some of these answers, but for today I think we can leave it with the generic. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Cuz some of these some of these are a little bit suspect. <laughs> some of those are. I don't want to hear them back. I don't want to hear them back until you invite me and be like, "You know what you said? You know what you said?" Like, yeah, go ahead. What did I say? Yeah. Well, I can't wait to have you back on the show. Admir, thank you so much again for being on. It was a pleasure, and I'm sure everyone out there really appreciated it just as much as I did. Oh, you have been a magnificent host. I appreciated the game. I love the variety. I think the the questions and insight you provided very easy to chit chat on this. So, uh, other people who get invited for sure should show up. This was uh, like having coffee, like having coffee, which I was okay. having coffee. Uh, so it was, it was good. I created the aesthetic in my own place. Ooh, I'm not a coffee drinker. I hate coffee. But I think we can leave it on that hot take. Yes. You're the tea guy. I'm the coffee guy. (laughs) All right, Amir. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it.